We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a Q&A style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits. Now in Kansas City, the latest episode of 21 Questions begins now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 21 Question, brought to you by our great pals at Macadoodles, Kansas City. I, I know you've heard me preach this tons of times. You have a Macadoodles in your metro in Lee Summit, Missouri. Make sure that you get over there for the best selection, the best prices, and the best customer service. It is my all-time favorite liquor store. I have really enjoyed getting to work with them for as long as we have here at KCSN. So it has been a true treat to have them as a sponsor. And it is a true treat to have one Mr. Jordan Foote join me here for 21 Questions. Jordy, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I need to stop by Macadoodles and get a little bit of, of drinky drink for this. I, I didn't come prepared, but man, it's always a good time. Craig's ready. Um, we'll we'll throw to a couple breaks and Craig will come back and, and have some sips. I'm excited, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. For those of you who don't know what 21 Questions is, these questions are all cold from our KCSN Discord. If you are not a member of the KCSN Discord, that's probably because you're not a KCSN Daily subscriber. That is our Substack channel. It's over there at kcsn.substack.com. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but you probably want to be subscribed right now. Um, we're doing an off-season series. I am currently working through a bunch of stuff involving Andy Heck, the techniques that he teaches, his offensive lineman. I think Kent's formulating something to try and mm-hmm. kind of explore how to use kind of an F-type tight end a little bit more with the news that maybe a fullback isn't on this roster. So a lot of cool stuff happening this offseason. Go sign up for that. If you sign up for that, you get access to the Discord, which means you can ask questions in the Discord like some of these. Our good pal Jason or Grayson Jaspers asks, what would it mean for the team if Wanye Morris is a competent left tackle, Jordan? What, what What's your take on that? I think it would mean everything and then some. Well, it could mean bad if... So big picture here, if he's playing left tackle, that might mean something went wrong, right? That Jawan Taylor didn't pin out and it's 2024 
or Donovan Smith, like, God forbid, injuries happen, something like that. If you take that out of the equation, though, that's icing on the cake. Like, Wanya Morris, no one is really expecting, and we're not in the building, obviously, but our read, everyone's read, he's going to be a right tackle, and that's okay. And he has a, a potential to earn some snaps in year one. Like, we still have yet to see how this um, tackle configuration is going to pan out. If he's a competent left tackle, that's even better than a competent right tackle. And I think that'd be, you know, gravy for the Chiefs. So I think for the most part, that would mean uh, good good stuff for the Chiefs. I do think that it, it that would be the best case scenario. Now, Wanya Morris's left tackle tape at Tennessee, not good. Nah, mm-hmm. it's not good. So I, there's a lot of growth that would need to happen there, not putting it past him to do that. But if they believe that he can play left tackle competently, Put Jawan Taylor at right tackle because he's more than competent as a right tackle. I think that's about the best case scenario if that is the case. If you can get average left tackle play out of Wanye Morris, which to, to to kind of put this all in perspective, third round picks typically not average left tackles. Like it just yeah. doesn't happen. The last time it happened was Orlando Brown Jr. So I, you know, that's that's not something that happens very often. But it forces Jawan Taylor over the right side. That would be a good, good offensive line. Zach Forrickle McGorkin asks, what would be considered the threshold for overwhelmingly positive production by wide receivers? And he lists MVS, Tony, Sky Moore, and Rasheed Rice. Jordan, pick one of those. I'll pick another one. We won't do all four of these, but overwhelmingly positive production by those guys. I think if Kadarius Tony has a thousand plus receiving yards, that is overwhelmingly positive. And there are people out there and I'm not slandering those people, but they think Kadarius Tony can do that. He can be wide receiver one for the chiefs. He can hold up over the course of a full season and be healthy and play 16, 17 games and haul in X amount of passes for 1,100 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. Like, if he can do that, overwhelmingly positive. I, for one, am not expecting him to necessarily stay healthy all year or get that volume. Um, I think for him, though, if he can eclipse that 1,000-yard mark, that is overwhelmingly a positive season for him. Oh, man. If he stays healthy for most of the season, sure. overwhelmingly <laughs> a positive thing. I'm going to say Marquez Valdez-Scantling going for, let's go... 750 receiving and six touchdowns. Uh, I I know somebody's going to listen to that and be like, well, that sounds pretty mid. That is a career year for MBS. He has not done that. That's not something that he's gone out there and he's done. The most touchdowns he's had in a season is six, and he has never broken 700 yards. He had 690 in 2020. He had 687 last year. If he puts up, 750, seven touchdowns. That's a really, really good season for him. That is a significant contribution in this offense where we know that Kadarius Toney's going to get the ball. Travis Kelsey's going to get the ball. They're going to spread it around to the young guys like Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice a little bit, and some of those other tight ends and the running backs. MVS slotting himself in for 750 and seven tutties is an overwhelmingly positive stat line for a guy like that. All right. Next question. Just ERK gives me a little bit of a ribbing here and says, how do you pronounce Tobe? Well, if you were me earlier this week, it was tube. Um, 
he does kind of mention I, he's looking for inconsistent answers only because lots of people mispronounce this. Jordan, do we have a pronunciation guide in any of the Chiefs media that specifies if it is Tobe? Because is this a Kels Kelsey thing? <laughs> like, so get, I will try to look while we are recording this, but okay. like. I got a lot of shit when I hosted the Roughing the Kicker podcast because I said tube so many damn times. And I it happens a lot more than people think. And it, it's like when Christian Brown was at KU and everyone was calling him Braun. And everyone said, well, no, it's Brown. I'm like, well, it's spelled Braun. And it should be pronounced Braun. And obviously it isn't. Um, but I'm going to look for that pronunciation. I, 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 I actually have it. I should. You do I actually have it here because okay. I know there's tons of people that are posting it in the comments right now and screaming at the radios, but it <laughs> is pronounced Tobe. And that okay. is how it gotcha. is pronounced officially how it's pronounced. So can't wait to mispronounce that about 42 more times while he's <laughs> on the TV show <laughs> here. All right. Christian G, as you can tell, we're in the offseason here because we're getting some Chief stuff. We're getting a lot of non-Chief stuff. This, this is fun. This is our guy, Christian Gummiger. Who's the better pitcher right now, BJ Kissel or Kent Swanson, and who's more likely to get a hit off of the other one? Listen, I give Kent a ton of crap on this podcast. And so people are going to think, oh, naturally, I'm just going to side with BJ Obviously, you know, Craig's going to throw Ken under the bus. It is most overwhelmingly BJ, not just because (laughs) BJ was a better pitcher during his, you know, collegiate career and everything. BJ has more recently mm, taken the mound in an adult, you know, pitch in actual baseball league, not softball, like an actual baseball league. He recently did that. He was on a team with Jason Kander. I know he's talked about it a ton. He has actually gone out there and thrown heat recently. I know that Kent Swanson has absolutely not done that anytime soon. So just by default, purely by the exercise of the thing, it's got to be BJ on this one, Jordan. Ken, I love you to death, buddy. And you are younger than BJ. I'll give you that. But it's not even close. Like, I I like Kent. I'm sure he was good back in his day, but it is BJ and it's not particularly close. (laughs) T. Rogers, 1773 asks, who ends up as wide receiver six? And his comment was, and why is it Amir (laughs) Smith-Marset? Jordan, go right ahead. I don't freaking know, Craig. It's obviously our top five. So is Justin Watson our five? Unanimous. I'm going to say Justin Watson's our five, and it's almost 100% because punt returns are going to be so much more crucial with kickoffs being what they are. Yes. So... People will bring up Richie James and the special teams ability and the the stat production, even though the depth of target and the the per stat production wasn't insane. People are going to bring up both Rosses, which are both hot topics at, at camp right now, um, or OTAs. Uh, Nico Remigio, the, the undrafted free agent, people are kind of latching on to him as a guy that could make the team. I think that would be more of a... Uh, practice squad elevation three times a year type type deal than making the roster outright. Um, I'm going to go Justin Ross, I think. I don't feel great about it. I know that the special teams doubling isn't going to be there really for him as it would be for some others. I know John Ross is getting some hype. Um, as of late May, 
I'm going Justin. I don't feel great about that pick at all. Yeah, it's a that's a really tough one. Yeah, it, and to Jordan's point there, you're talking about MBS, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, and we're putting Justin Watson on there for special teams purposes. I really want to lean Richie James, and I want to lean it very hard, or Ramigo, just for returnability, just so you're not having to put Kadarius Tony back there. And that is something that would need to happen. Now, Justin Ross was fielding punts in OTAs. Yeah. Now, something that he's done a ton of recently, but they are, you know, obviously giving him some work. If you go to camp anytime, you see there's a lot of guys. And Rashad Fenton was, refi- was you know, receiving punts for a number of years at camp. And that's not something that ever formulated the field. They have backups to backups to backups in that. Richie James makes a lot of sense to keep Kadarius Toney more healthy. And if you wanted to tell me, hey, we are just keeping that guy out there because we don't want anybody else to return punts. We want to insulate ourselves against, you know, Kadarius having to return punts, potentially getting hurt. I completely understand it. I, I, I think that that's really what it could be. But the real answer here is Marcus Kemp when he gets cut from the Washington football team a little bit later. <laughs> He's just going to end up on this team. Didn't say uh, when wide receiver six was going to be there. Just who ends up as wide receiver six? Mark- Marcus Kemp at some point here. All right. Grayson, again, asks here, and I like this one because uh, they Chiefs do this a lot. How many players do the Chiefs trade away at cutdowns? And he puts in parentheses, most likely seventh rounders. He puts the over under at one and a half. I think that's a really good line, Jordan. Yeah. What, what, what do you think here? I'm going to go with one. I think it's under. I could totally see it being two, maybe even see it being three. I could also maybe see it being zero. Um, I know that's a big range. I'm going one. It flashbacks like the the Carlos Hyde trade a few years ago, right? And then he went off to to run for a thousand yards or whatever. Um, but I think it's going to be one. I'll take the under. I do think they'll be active, but I'm not sure they get to two. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say it's okay. two, and I'm going to say that at least one of those is coming out of that defensive back room. That is a stacked defensive mm-hmm. back room. They, listen, if the Chiefs just end up cutting somebody from there without making a trade, that individual I'm almost certain is going to be a contributor somewhere else. Deion Bush, maybe? Maybe, yes. That, I, I could see a Deion, I could definitely see a Deion Bush if Shamari Connor comes on mm-hmm. strong, yep. or if Nick Jones looks really good. DiCaprio Boodle's got a ton of reps. Like Gosh, He's still that, out there too. Yeah, yeah, he is. I know that he's not like a hot name or anything like that, but I am certain there's a special teams coordinator out there right now, and mm-hmm. especially, again, Focus on punt now. You're not trying to build out a big kick return roster anymore. Focusing on punt, you know, punt coverage and everything like that. That's what Boodle has done for this team. I can see a special teams coordinator just being like, let's throw a future seventh at that guy. So that that DB room is very deep with a whole bunch of young guys. I can see maybe some of those guys just being on the fringe and seeing their way kind of on the outside there and a team trading for them in the special teams department. I'm right here. Lee 87. This is this is a good one as well. Lots of baseball questions for here. Uh, Lee 87 asks if there was a home run derby competition between Tucker and Maddie, who wins? I can say, surprisingly, I've seen both of these individuals swing a bat 
Jordan. I don't know why I've seen both of these individuals see him bad at some point, but I have. I'm curious to see what your take is first because I have a little bit of an informed take here. If they're swinging a regular bat, metal or wood, I'm going Maddie. If they are swinging a beer bat, I'm going Tucker Franklin because that guy would hit absolute bombs with a uh, beer bat. Now, the question is, you're laying off of balls and like Tucker's strike zone is a lot more concise than Maddie's. Maybe Tuck gets some in the sweet spot and just sends him 450 dead center. I'm going to go Maddie because Maddie works out and Maddie is, you know, hashtag small and all that stuff. Um, but I, I really don't have a huge lean one way or another. I, I'm actually going to say Tucker Franklin. He's, yeah, listen, this man is surprisingly athletic. Yes, I know, Maddie. Sneaky athletic. Sneaky athletic. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was going to say for that very reason, I've seen them both swing the bat. I feel like Tucker's swing was a little, little smoother. Like I, I feel like if he's making contact, it's going to go some places. Whereas Maddie's going to try and just, just try and tear into it, and maybe the cut's not going to be as good. I think more of a pure swing is coming from Tucker, and he's got enough power behind it. I. I'm with you there. I think you'll lay off some pitches. You'll get one that's right there in the sweet spot, and he'll take it out there. Meanwhile, I think Maddie's going to go out there and just start taking cuts. Hacking, yeah. If he connects, it could go there. But I think more consistently, we're going to see Tucker kind of come out with a win there. And you are going to see us go to a break right now. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to 21 Questions. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Take your drink. Give us five stars. Do all the things that Kent normally tells you to do. We're going to keep going on questions here. The next one here, I love this one. I absolutely love this one so much that I'm going to say one of the things that I never say on this show. This is coming from Isaac Hughes. If a KCSN crew all built robots and these robots all competed in a BattleBot-style event, 
whose robot would win other than Craig, because we all know he'd be the answer. Craig is great. That's right. I said it. That was such a good question. Got me to say it. Jordan, what's your take here? Who's building the best robot? I think Tuck Franklin can do a lot of cool stuff. And I, I'm a big Tucker Franklin guy. He's very innovative. He is very smart. He is hopefully not listening to this or else his head's going to blow up. But I, I think Tuck, man, he is tech savvy. I think it's either him or Matty. Um, no offense to Kent. No offense to BJ. No offense to you know myself. But I think it's going to be probably Tuck. And I hate that these competitions keep coming down to those two uh, between him and Matty. But Tuck can come up with something cool. I do think... Maddie's a lot handier than you think. Maddie is a big fan of BattleBots, if you believe it or not. When we were, you know, at the Shrine Game in Vegas, they were filming some stuff for new BattleBots stuff. I don't. I mean, it it, it was kind of out there. So get excited if you didn't know that was coming. But hey, and that's coming. We saw the the filming sites and all that. He he was way into that, and he knows the types of stuff that he needs to build to make it happen, and he's got it all laying around at his farm. Now, it may only activate once or twice, but when it connects, it's going to... It's gonna, Much like the home run derby question. Like, <laughs> when, when it hits, it's going to happen. Hear me out. Yeah. Joseph. What if Joseph could do it? He just popped into my... I'm like, he might have to, like, assist somebody in building theirs, but he would be a huge, huge asset to have. Yeah, Joseph's going to be out there coding for that yeah well tucker's gonna try and have like chat gpt or bard code mm-hmm. code for it <laughs> i'm going with joseph on that one so whoever he sides with that's who it is that's winning that one all right joe penfield's getting us back to football here what is your ideal 11 personnel lineup uh isaiah pacheco in the backfield travis kelsey is a tight end those were the easy ones you guys uh, <laughs> uh i from an ideal perspective I would really like to see Kadarius Tony, Rushy Rice, and Sky Moore on the field together, not just because that's a youth movement, but because I like the combination of what those guys can do. I think Sky Moore working in that juju role, being able to shake a little bit of guys in man coverage, you know, coming up with some tough catches makes a ton of sense. Rashi Rice is going to be able to find space and zone along with Travis Kelsey. And Kadarius Tony is going to be a little bit of a gadget weapon. And then you can still run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco. My only concern with all of that, you don't have a vertical guy. By taking MVS out of there, the safeties are going to be able to crash on everything. That reduces the space a little bit. So it it's not necessarily ideal from the construction of the Chiefs. But for me specifically, I can find ways to win in the intermediates, even in a condensed field with Patrick Mahomes there. Because frankly, I... I value MVS's vertical ability. I don't think it's game-breaking enough to where I'm putting him on the field to create that space. Yep, I'm with you on that. And the only thing, uh, newsflash, I have the same lineup, by the way, but the only thing I'd add to that, even though this isn't MVS's strength as a player, the Chiefs seem to use him, and it might just be my memory, on those like YOLO-type balls in the back shoulder stuff. It's just because he's a big-bodied guy and a big target. Mahomes seemed to have a good connection with him. Rasheed Rice, in theory, could do some of that stuff because he plays big and he fights for the ball well and he when he's down the field and can get any ounce of separation. It might just be an ounce of separation. It might just be a quarter of a step. Um, He can do that. So I think it, it's got to be that, that lineup. And it's nothing against MBS. It's nothing against... John Ross or Justin Watson or whoever, 
um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jet McKinnon. That gives you a good balance of still being able to pound the rock, still being effective, getting Kelsey out there, still having a really, really good setup. Oh, gosh. You can go empty with that, too, and have some fun. Yeah, that would, that would be a good 11 personnel right there. Derek in the Mountains says, Who is the Michael Block of the Chiefs this year? For those of you who are unaware who Michael Block is, Michael Block rose to stardom as a California you know, golf pro that mm-hmm. finished 15th, I believe, at the PGA Championship. Just as, had an absolute heater, now getting all kinds of awesome endorsement deals, made a couple of things without having endorsement deals, you know, a couple of you know events. It's a really cool thing. You get to play in the PGA Championship next year. Who is a Michael Block, a guy that's basically not somebody that we're thinking about right now as a major contributor that can come in and be you know, somebody that does step into a role on this offense. The first thing I thought of was flashback to Justin Watson saving a game or two last year. Yeah. And like, that might be my default again. Like it could be Justin Watson just repeating what he did last year and having hell. I don't even know if he broke 300 receiving yards, right? Like he didn't have a ton of volume. It was just he a not. big place. Oh, yes, he did. He had like three fifty. How many catches did he have? He had what? 20, 15 something? catches on 34 targets. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. So like, I can see him being the Michael Block, and like, I like Michael Block. He he's not going to stick around very long. Like, we all know that. It's just enjoying it while it's here. Um, I could see that happening. I'm trying to stall and think of another guy that is just this unheralded hero that that emerges from the ashes. Craig, I want your answer, and I'll think of another one. I'm gonna go with. Oh, see, I'm going to go special teams here. A guy okay. that makes some special teams impact that maybe we're not expecting. Um, I'll, I'll go with Nick Jones. I'll just go with Nick Jones. Maybe a guy that we think that probably isn't, you know, a lock for this roster. Maybe a practice squad type guy from some of the conversations that we've had so far this offseason. That man has a knack for blocking kicks and... I, that could be a scenario where, again, you know, Michael Block does this in the PGA Championship, one of the biggest stages that there is out there. Nick Jones showing up in the divisional round of the playoffs or the AFC Championship with a massive block kick escalates him to superstardom amongst Chiefs fans forever, potentially, especially yeah. if the Chiefs win that game. So I'm going to go with Nick Jones on that one. So, yeah. I've got two honorable mention guys. Okay. One of them, Blaine Gabbert in the event, and no one is obviously predicting this, but like if Mahomes did go down, Blaine Gabbert could have the typical Chad Henney type performance. Mm-hmm. And then wasn't it Noah Gray that had like a key overtime catch against the Titans this past year, if I'm not mistaken? And it was like the YOLO Mahomes throwing it on fourth down to him. And I could see Noah Gray enjoying a little bit of success this year, and people aren't talking about him. Jody Fortson's the new shiny toy still at tight end. Uh, Blake Bell does the dirty work. I could see Noah Gray having a decent year. Noah Gray's about to have a breakout season. No, I could see it. I, and I, I could see I'm him having a really man. good, solid year. He was tight end too, as far as mm-hmm. the production yeah. standpoint last year. I mean, he almost broke 300 yards himself. He was pushing Justin Watson for fifth on the team in receiving yards fifth last year. And now all of a sudden he's going to probably play more. He's going to be on the field more because they're not carrying a tight or a fullback. I can see Andy Reid falling in love with that personnel grouping just because it's going to get teams into some 
some bases, you know, and he's going to be able to get linebacker matchups on guys. And Noah Gray against a linebacker is a mismatch. So I I could see that being a fun little wrinkle that Andy Reid just falls in love with throughout the season there. So that's a good one, Jordy. All right. Grayson again here. Uh, I'm going to throw this one out there because we didn't talk about it much so far this this week. Does Donovan Smith's press conference make you feel better about his performance last year? Uh, for those of you who maybe missed it, the comments were, I played through some stuff that I probably shouldn't have played through, and we weren't a particularly good football team, so the the kind of the standard, I forget the exact terminology, but sure. the, the, basically the standard, the level of commitment to it amongst other players on the team maybe wasn't there as much. How'd you feel about Donovan Smith? Because I know that you, I think that you were coming out of that. I know that Tucker definitely did, but I think you were coming out of that thinking, yeah, it was a pretty good presser for him. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good intro presser, and he seems like a really likable guy and a guy that is going to work hard now that he's in that uh, championship environment. He brought up chasing a ring multiple times. He obviously had one back when he was in Tampa. Um, I, I don't think it makes me feel that much better about his performance. Like, of course, we all knew he was banged up last year and playing through stuff, and we all knew maybe it was a little bit more serious, and players are probably going to help themselves out, so to speak more than they absolutely need to publicly. And I think it makes me feel that maybe they were a little bit more severe than the team is letting on. And these NFL guys, they're tough as hell, tough as nails. They are going to play through some stuff. Um, we don't always know what they're going to yeah. These injury reports are not always 100,000% <laughs> transparent or the severity of these injuries. So maybe what? a little bit, but not a ton. I, I'm just, yeah. I let the cat out of the bag. It, it's rigged. You know, the script is out. Um, that that's how I feel about Donovan Smith. Tordal is a hell of a drug. An yeah, absolute hell of a drug. No, I I think him. We knew he was hurt. Um, maybe the severity of that wasn't what we knew. Um, I I am curious to see if he's a little more committed to things with a better team around him. And I, again, on a one year deal, you don't really have to worry about that. Like, oh no, what is what about if it doesn't go well? Well, if it doesn't go well, he, he's gone after this year. So, I'm not too too worried about that comment itself. I I am curious to see what they end up doing there. I, you know, we're really not going to know until camp until they start putting pads on. Right now, it does sound like Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor are at least sharing some of the yeah. left tackle yeah. reps now. So, with doesn't seem like the Chiefs are completely settled on who's going where just yet, but we'll, we'll see on that. But good start for Donovan Smith so far. All right, Nick Johnson asks, if you were hosting a cookout this weekend, what are you serving, Jordan? What am I not serving? What are you, what are you not? I'm getting Bears barbecue. I'm getting burgers. I'm making hot dogs. I'm making brats. I got... Uh, deviled eggs. I'm getting corn on the cob. I'm getting baked potatoes. I, the the Capri Suns for the kids. The little uh, uh, polar pops or whatever for the kids. The ice cream. The mixed drinks for the adults. It, it would be absolutely awesome and on someone else's dime as well. So I don't feel bad about myself. <laughs> if I'm hosting a cookout this weekend, it's a problem because uh, my house is entirely packed up. So uh, <laughs> some cookout. And it's some cookout. We can all stand around and stare at each other with no furniture in the house and no food in the fridge. So bad time for a cookout for me. 
Uh, Zach Eisen, our guy here, asks, could Himbo Butler, Jimmy Butler, carry the lab plus Jordy to the NBA Finals? Okay, NBA talk time. If there's anybody that can do it right now, it's him. I mean, he, yeah. he, I'm not trying to discredit the rest of the Heat on here. They, they've got some pieces and things like that, but he is the guy, and he has kind of been their entire offense, their entire everything right now. So if there's anybody in the entire NBA that can do it, it is definitely him right now. Uh, how far did he say that we were going to have to go? To the finals? Yeah. Buddy, I don't know. You think, who's guarding Tatum? Like, (laughs) not me. (laughs) Definitely. Well, to be fair, though, Tatum set some shots this playoffs where it didn't matter who was guarding. It didn't matter. Yeah. They they could cover his face up and have a finger on the ball, and it didn't didn't effing matter. Right. But I mean, like, I'm not a guy to Jason Tatum. I'd probably call dibs on Horford. Someone that like doesn't really bang down low doesn't know us out. Us old guys drinking together. That's that's the I'm sorry. (sighs) Us with the bad knees got to stick together. So he's going to carry me up and down the court. Don't get me wrong, but (laughs) yeah. Hmm. I think it's Jimmy. I think the answer is yes because he can drag himself to the NBA finals. But like they're also about to go three two right now. So they might not even be able to do it with the Heat. But I I think the answer is still yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Christian Gummager says, Jordan, what's the new car? And Craig would be the first mod that you would do to it. Christian's trying to get me to break your car immediately. Yeah, so I got a, it's a new to me car. I didn't get a brand new car. Um, I was whipping around my 05 Mazda 3. It was starting to show its age a little bit. It got up to like 150,000 miles. I liked it. I loved that car. Um, It got, you know, several good years out of it. But now I have a 2018 Mazda 3 and it has the, you know, dual climate control, dual uh, heated seats, the touchscreen, the this, that, new sporty look. Um, definitely a huge upgrade from the kind of grandma car that that I was whipping around in before. So I'm excited, and I want to know what mod you'd make to that, Craig. Uh, I'm going to do what I do to, like, every car. I'm going to rip out all the carpet and the seats and everything like that. I'm going to put sound dampening material <laughs> Hell yeah. And just kill the sound. <laughs> and then while I'm in there, I'll go ahead and place the speakers and the head unit and everything like that. Okay. I'm not going to make it like crazy loud or anything like that, but I enjoy my quiet drives to work where I get to listen to my music and everything as, you know, in, in nice, nice quality there. So that's what I would do for you, buddy. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Um, let's see here. 
Uh, we've got one for Maddie, and then we'll end on a football one here. So the Maddie one says, your life depends on it. Would you rather try and catch four oiled-up pigs or 24 turkeys? You get one hour to do it. It's four oiled-up pigs, and it's not particularly close to me. Turkeys are mean. Why is he like this? too, but... Why does Maddie do this? lot. Because yeah. Maddie, this, is, this is what Maddie loves to do. It's pigs. The oiled up part's going to be difficult. Like, I'm not going to be able to achieve either one of them. I feel like I could maybe get half the pigs. I ain't getting to half the turkeys, though. No, there's no way. And, like, I, I think you just stand with how big the pigs are. Like, getting your arms around it would be tough. But, like, if I'm lunging at a pig and I dive enough times and I don't, like, injure myself, I could probably get a hold of a couple of them. Like, I'm not getting all four and I'm not getting... 10 turkeys turkeys are also mean like you said i wouldn't i wouldn't f with the turkey so i'm going pigs curious he's gonna come back with something like yeah uh you know the 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 hogs all still have their tusks so they can gore you yeah you know just conveniently left that out there which naturally i'd just be like okay cool i'm gonna not chase the turkeys and i'm gonna fail at both of them but i'm not gonna get Mm -hmm. the pigs so anyway david borland's gonna close us out for this one here He, he first of all Longer question here, but first part is a clarification that we can answer. He says, the new kickoff rule here. If a kickoff is caught and downed in the end zone, does it come out to the 20 or the 25? What if it's kicked out of the end zone? Either way, now, it is a 25. They bring it out to the 25, and either one of those, that's not new. That's just, I mean, it is new with a fair catch, but the 25-yard line for either one of them. So here's the question. How will this impact Kansas City? Does it make some players less valuable slash less, less likely to make the roster? Thanks. Jordan, I want your takes on this too because I do actually have some pretty strong special teams takes on this. I was actually doing a live lookup and I was going to stall and have you answer first. Okay, well then let me okay. answer. Okay, I'll, I'll take this off here. This sucks for roster construction purposes because the teams have already kind of been built out. Like, if you went out of your way... like. Let's say there were a lot of kickers drafted in this draft, a lot more than usual. Now there's a lot of teams that needed kickers. Kickers do more than just kickoffs, but let's say you had a board stacked, and on your board you've got a guy that you really like that maybe is a little bit better at field goals, extra points, everything like that, but not good at kickoffs, just doesn't get a regular touchback rate, and you really pride you know yourself on the fact that, well, we're going to have to get as many touchbacks as possible – We don't like the depth of our kick return team. So we're going to target a guy that maybe we don't have quite as high on our board, but we need to make sure that we're not giving up too many points on kick returns because it's something that happens multiple times, especially if you're a good offense, you're going to be kicking the ball off a lot. We want somebody that's going to be able to boot it out of the back of the end zone every single time. So we're going to prioritize that guy over the guy that maybe can make extra points and field goals a little bit more. Now the NFL comes out here now and granted, I'm sure that the owners were well aware that this vote was coming, but now the NFL's come out, they've authorized this rule where all of a sudden now kicks are less important. And, you know, teams can down them by calling for a fair catch inside the 25. Anywhere inside the 25, they can call for a fair catch and it will come out to the 25. Now all of a sudden that team that was having that dilemma over which kicker they wanted to take is screwed. Like, because this this vote happened after they built the roster for this year, after this happened, same could go for players that you're looking at for special teams purposes. 
again, I, you know, a fullback on there. Fullbacks for the Chiefs have played 51% of their snaps on kick returns. Now, all of a sudden, Andy Reid is pivoting and saying, hey, we don't need a fullback. Obviously, he knew something was happening there. But that affected players and the roster decisions that were coming because of this. This has more of an effect than just, hey, the ball's always going to start at the 25. We're eventually going to eliminate the kickoffs. The fact that every special teams coordinator in the league hates this, Andy Reid hates this, all the kickers hate this. Like It is universally disliked by players, yeah. coaches alike. That should tell you that that, 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 that just... It, it really affects the way that they they operate and the way that they do things. And I I just, I hate the rule. I just really do hate the rule. Yeah, I don't like it either. And from a player's standpoint, it absolutely sucks. Like, I'm not even going to expand on that, Craig. You hit the nail on the head. Um, the Chiefs last year, they were fourth in kickoff DVOA. So, like, it takes away some of the natural advantage, I think, that they had. Um, and they were 30th in kick return DVOA. And obviously... Isaiah Pacheco just objectively wasn't good at that. So I think depending on who you have back there this year, maybe the results are different. Um, I don't have the the team's average starting field position in front of me, but if you could guarantee more drives that start at the 25 with Patrick Mahomes instead of the 19 or the 15 or the 17 or the 21 or whatever it's going to be, it's good for the offense. You're, you're getting some more yardage there, um, but I still hate the rule. I, I don't like it. I get the the premise of player safety in and of itself. Fantastic. Like more more power to the players for being safe, keep them safe, but like this is not it's it, correlation and causation are not lining up with all this and like you're dropping 7% of concussion rate and like I I don't like the math. I don't get the math. I hate the rule. It sucks. Especially when it's the same week that you said, "Oh, by the way, we're going to flex more." Exactly. Night game. Exactly. Here. It, that that has a higher rate of injury because of shorter playing time and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like they, they give and they take, and it just it, it's ridiculous to me that it's even happening. It is ridiculous how much fun I had doing twenty one questions with you, super executive producer Jordan Foot joining me for this one. I thank him for joining us. I thank all of you for joining us all the way through this. Again, like, share, subscribe. Drop a five-star in there with a like, share, subscribe. I drink for every one of those. You guys are making me drink and with your five-star reviews. I really, really appreciate that. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.